This is HPR episode 2414 entitled, What's in my ham shack, part 1, and is part of the series, HAM Radio, QSK. It is hosted by Mr. X, and is about 22 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, a description of what's in my amateur radio shack. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Listened back to the audio, I realised that I'd been yammering on far too long, and so I've decided to split the show into two parts. I'm sure Ken will love that, so uh, two shows for the price of one. So this is part one. Hello and welcome, Hacker Public Radio audience. My name is Mr. X, and welcome to this podcast. As usual, I'd like to start by thanking the people at HPR for making this service available to us all. It's, um, it's really a wonderful service. It's um, HBR is uh, created by the community for the community. And the people behind HBR have gone to a great deal of effort over the years to try and simplify and streamline the whole process. And it's really quite straightforward, so you must have something interesting you can uh, contribute. Why not just hit a record button on the microphone and, and give something a go, eh? Right. <coughs> now... This episode is uh, something that's kind of hastily been pulled together. It's uh, what's in my ham shack. And uh, I think here in the UK we're more liable to call it, you could say amateur radio room. That sounds a bit uh, <laughs> a bit clumsy. It's funny, a lot of amateurs uh, here use the word shack, but they wouldn't call themselves a ham, they would call themselves an amateur Though maybe the public would would, would call us hams. Um, maybe it's a snobbery thing, I don't know. Just a by the by. So, anywho. Um, uh, obviously an, an amateur shack, or ham shack, can be, um, you know, it can be massively elaborate. Uh, or it can be simple as having a, a handset walkie-talkie uh, sitting on top of a table. <laughs> and that's it. Um, so I just thought I'd uh, talk you through the bits and pieces I have in, or some of the bits and pieces I have in my uh, uh, ham shack. It's not really a, a big part of um, my life or hobbies these days, but uh, uh, it's gained a bit more interest in recent times because uh, I'm a bit busier these days and uh, 
it's a kind of hobby that you can pick up and put down very quickly. Uh, whereas if you're if you're coding something or doing something in computers, you need to really to sort of concentrate and focus on things, and uh, that's a bit more difficult if your time's a bit short. <coughs> Anyhow, on with the show. So the first piece of equipment is is a as a stand. Uh, I'll talk about my hands. It's quite embarrassing because I used to only have one handset. I've now got flaming four of the things. And it's, uh, <laughs> why the hell would I need four handsets? Uh, for a very very long time, I only had this one handset. It's a it's a standard handset. Uh, it says on the front, standard W Turbo. Uh, model on the back it says model number C five one O E, one four 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 thirty megahertz FM transceiver. Um. So, I see five one O eight says on the front here. So I think it's for the American market. Yeah, so yeah, I always get confused about this. I think it's for the American market, so the repeater settings are a bit wrong for the UK. But uh, it's a lovely wee uh, neat handset. It's actually nice in the hand. And uh, it, it takes, uh, you can take the back off, and it's got three pen light batteries. So it means you can, you know, if you're, you're never, never stuck. The batteries go flat, you can always buy a new set, and you can put rechargeables in it, which is what I use, obviously. <coughs> I hardly ever use this set, handset anymore. That's it on. That's it off. And um, a year or so after I got the handset, um, there were quite cheap handsets in their day as well. Well, they were £120, which back then was probably, probably quite cheap. Um, and I was at a, a, an amateur radio show and there was a, a bring-in-buy, um, a junk sale if you like, and um, somebody was selling a one of the add-on kits that go with the standard. You could buy the two parts together, but at the time I was too too mean, being your typical Scots, I was just too mean to uh, to buy it. But this this was a, a very good price. And so I thought, oh, a bargain, I must buy it. So I bought it, and I fitted a, it's, a, it's called a power booster. And uh, the idea is that, I fitted a cigarette lighter socket to it, but but uh, and I tied it and it worked. That was as far as it went. But the idea is, it's called a power booster and it's it's um it's a kind of metal block thing and it's just to give you an idea, uh, it's uh, six inches by six inches by one and a half inches, something like that, and it's got fins. It's got fins on it and there's a flick switch on the front off on an LED with a power light, a power LED next to that to that, and then a, 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 a TX light, an RX light, it's got a standard logo on the top, uh, a VHF, UHF legend, and a speaker socket, and uh, <clears throat> on the back it's got a, a fan. So uh, basically what this does is it, it, it amplifies both the uh, RF radio frequency and also the audio. So you just stick this thing under your seat, and then you take the cable that comes out of the thing and it goes into a, a proprietary special cable which plugs into the bottom of the handset and it cuts out the audio from the handset and routes it through the box so that the audio becomes much louder if you plug a speaker in and the RF, you know, the, 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 the your signal gets boosted as well because it's only a one a one watt radio, the handset it's maybe 25-30 watts or something like that through this thing, and obviously there's a, 
a, a, a, an aerial socket on the back, SO239 type thing, so you can have an external aerial in your car. So that was the idea of that, as I say, but I never actually used the flaming thing, so that was a waste of money, wasn't it? And then, uh, of course, what kicked all off this recent interest in amateur radio uh, was I thought, well, this handset, the standard handset, is too good to use. <laughs> I've hardly used the thing. Ah, oh, dear. So I bought, a, as you all know, and I've sicked the back teeth of, a Bofeng UV5R. Don't worry, that's as much as I'm going to say about it. Nothing else. I have a Bofeng UV5R. That's all I'm going to say about it. I'm not going to mention it again, honestly. The UV5R. Right. So that's my second handset. The Bofeng UV5R. I won't mention it. Right. Um, the next handset I bought was... Well, when I was listening to uh, some amateurs, they were talking about, this, about digital modes and whatnot. And... There's a new, there was a, I don't know if it was a new repeater, but it was, the range was improved and they'd obviously been working on it, the local people. And um, and it piqued my interest when I was listening on the news. And, uh, the, and um, on the RSGB Music, it's broadcasted every Sunday. And uh, I purchased a, a, Retri a Retrievus a DMR handset. Uh, I've just got one here, if I just turn it on. Ooh, there you go. That's what that sounds like. And um it's um DMR Digital Mobile Radio, I think that's what it stands for. I am in no means an expert in any of this. Um and so uh there's a lot of confusing terminology um when you first get into uh uh, certainly DMR radio I don't know about there's other kinds that's of course other confusing thing you've got you've got a whole slew of digital uh, radio uh, standards you've got uh, DMR Fusion D-Star there's a whole host of them uh, I only know about uh, DMR so obviously with the digital radio it uh, takes the audio signal digitises it and sends it as ones and zeros um, to the other side and it gets decoded and turned back into um, into audio um, the um, it's got a kind of unusual s sound to it, which you kind of get used to at first. It sounds a bit rough and ready, uh, and then you think it's wonderful once once your ears can once you get your as they say, if once you get your digital ears and and, and your your brain kind of just filters the the artifacts out, and um, and you know when you have your speaking to, on a mobile to a mobile station, there's no hiss and noise and crackle, so in fact it's even hard, it's quite hard to tell if they're mobile sometimes. So it's um, it's quite an interesting mode. Uh, as I say, you've got confusing terminology like uh, code plugs, colour codes, talk groups, slots, all this sort of nonsense. Um, a code plug, for example, that's just the programming file. Why the hell can they not just call it a programming file? They've got to call it a code plug. Uh, uh, aye, so that that's that. I'm not going to go into any detail about about all of that sort of stuff. As I say, if if I get a chance, I'll um. I'll maybe insert a a, a wee um, example of how uh, digital audio sounds. So uh, every user, the thing about the DMR is that every user on the system has to apply for a unique uh, user ID number. And so you basically go onto a website uh, and uh, I think you've got to send a copy of your... So you've got to, have you got to send a copy of your, user, your amateur licence? Um, 
because you've got to have an amateur license to, to 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 use it. You can listen, but you can't transmit unless to get you need that to get that you need to get a, a user ID, and you submit that uh, with proof of your license, and then they give you an ID. I've got a number of bits and pieces with that, the, the Retrievers handset. I've got a a, a mobile microphone because uh, I sometimes use it in the car. I've got um, a battery eliminator which basically plugs into the cigarette lighter so that you can power it uh, from the from the car battery. And <clears throat> the Retrievers uh, RT3, which is what this handset is, is. Um, there's a clone, there's a whole number of them out there. Uh, uh, for example, it's the same as the MD380. Uh, that's the generic uh, handset that kicked all this DMR malarkey off. Um, it's a very cheap handset, I think it was £90. All these clones are £90. Whereas, um, until these came out, the, you know, the DMR radios were a lot more expensive. So obviously these kind of handsets that retrieve MD380s are very, very popular. And... Um, because of the popularity, the the, the, uh, the firmware was hacked. Um, Travis Goodspeed, Goodspeak, can't remember him, something like that. The chap that, that did the um, should should have done a bit more uh, preparation, shouldn't have. Um, he did the um, uh, a hack for the firmware of these radios, and um, I had a go at uh, installing that. And uh, you can do it through a Raspberry Pi. So I've got a Raspberry Pi with a, an image on it. And you clone a, a Git repository, and then uh, compile the software, and then write the, f- the firmware to the radio. Uh, and this gives a number of interesting features. Um, you can uh, uh, it, it, you can download the the whole uh, user database of uh, DMR IDs from the um, DMR website, which is Brandmeister Network, and. Um, and then that way, whenever a station calls on your radio, it can look up this huge database of with all the IDs in it, and uh, it can pop up on the it pops up on the display what the call sign is and uh, the, the user's location and whatnot. So that's that's very handy. Obviously, because there's new people joining all the time, it does eventually go out of date, sort of thing. But then you can just uh, update the database again just by running a wee command on the command line. Um, the uh, the hack firmware also allows you to Listen to private calls as a um, you get two modes: a private call and a group call. It's generally a group call. You're you're, you're speaking, up, um, you're using a group call mode. But uh, private calls, for example, you might be wanting to change uh, settings on the repeater to maybe to 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 switch to another reflector. Um, a reflector a reflector is like just going into a different room or a diff- to to access to speak to people from a different location, if you like. And so to switch reflectors, um, when you switch the reflector, the, the, the uh, repeater repeats back to let you know that you've switched the repeater. It'll tell you what the number of the repeater is. Think of the reflector as, think of it as like being a, like a phone number. So, you know, if you, if I want to go to reflector um, 4400, which is the UK reflector, I would just punch that in and the repeater would come back um, uh, Reflector four four o four four zero zero, and um, you. Um, but we don't. It, it would. Be, it would be a private call you were having to the repeater, so none of the other people in the area would hear that, unless they've got the hacked firmware. It's not. It's not um, encrypted. It's just a private call, a person to person. So the other radios don't don't 
receive it unless you've got the hacked firmware. So that, that that's that's a benefit. Um, you can also uh, log details uh, out to a computer um, or a Raspberry Pi. I've kind of experimented with that. So you can see, uh, you could leave the radio on and, and it logs to the command line or to a file or whatever. Uh, details about stations that have been on the air with the timestamps and call signs and all that sort of stuff. Kind of vaguely interesting. Um, there's lots of other wee bits and pieces that allows you to do um, tweak the backlight brightness and more control over the buttons on the side and whatnot. But really, uh, that's probably more detail than you want to know. So the next handset I've got is uh, a Hytera handset. It's a Hytera PD365. Tiny wee handset, um, and it's it's really used. It's, a, it's really a business uh, handset. It's kind of used in the probably mostly in the hospitality sort of business and whatnot. One of the local amateurs call it uh, calls it a a Fisher Price radio, like a kid's toy basically. <laughs> um, so um, it's really small and dinky, uh, and in fact that that was the reason I purchased it because. Um, it's about half the size of the Retrievus and you know, I found the Retrievus if I was walking about with the Retrievus I couldn't clip it to my back pocket, it was just far too big and clumsy so that's why I bought a second DMR handset, the, the Hytera PD365 it's um, it's not as advanced as the Retrievus and uh, you can't hack it either um, but uh, the size just makes it so convenient when you're going out and about the place. Um, so I actually prefer the the Hytera to the Retrievus. Um, it's and I'm not one for snobbery of brands or all this sort of stuff, but you know it, it, it's it's twice it's probably about twice the price of the Retrievus. But um, and uh, you know it, it comes with nothing. Even a programming lead costs you twenty five pounds, which is a bit ridiculous, really. Uh, whereas you get everything all included in the Retrievus. Covert earpiece was, I don't know, 15, 20 pounds, something like that. So, but um, to give you an idea how how robust this thing is, one of the amateurs in the area, he accidentally ran over the top of it with his uh, car um, and was quite alarmed, obviously, only to discover that the thing was just slightly scuffed and that was as much damage it was caused. So uh, I suspect if the Retrievus had been run over, it would have been crushed. Uh, so that's the difference between the, the cheap Chinese models and the Hytera one. But I mean, the Retrievus is still working well and showing no signs or signs of um, failing or anything. So it's great value. There's a, the Retrievus at ninety pounds. So that was my four handsets: the standard, the the Bofeng UV Fire, which I said I wouldn't mention again, the Retrievus, and the Hytera. sounds um, the um, the quality should be quite smooth and not too much hiss because I'm quite close to the, uh, the other radios so um, it should be a good signal strength but um, you know if you're in a condition where uh, the signal gets a bit weaker you get more noise and hiss and crack and whatnot compared uh, uh, to digital we don't get any of that at all and of course if I release the uh, transmit button here you'll hear the Um, the next example I'll do, I'll use, uh, I'm going to give you an example.
example of uh, digital audio uh, using uh, digital DMR and uh, in the middle of the broadcast you'll hear a kind of strange noise that's one of the minor bugs that the, um, the retrievers has um, it's a budget radio after all at uh, just about £100 so. and uh, it, I think it tends to try and hold on to the signal just a wee bit too long and then a correction gives up and you get this kind of almost like an oscillation sort of um, the sound just continues and finally cuts out. It doesn't happen too often but every now and again um, it doesn't happen with uh, the Hytera radio uh, so that's a wee bug. I- I'm sure right somewhere there's quite a few wee bugs in the uh, Retrievus, um, Retrievus radio which is, remember the Retrievus RT3 is the same as MD380. There's a whole host of them that all, all are the same radio essentially just rebadged. Okay that's probably enough of the analogue audio. Um, This is a test. Just to give an example of how DMR radio sounds, digital mobile radio. As you can hear, it's not 100% um, fluid and smooth, and you can, you can tell there's artifacts in it, but uh, it's quite readable. And um, there's no there's no noise, no hiss or crackle or anything like that. So it's it's actually uh, it's actually quite good, um, good fun. Um, it allows you to uh, talk to uh, other amateurs. Um, all around the world, uh, from the comfort of an armchair, just uh, with a wee handset, you can actually test uh, DMR using um, a repeater, a local repeater, or you can get a hotspot, uh, which uh, um, connects to um, uh, your uh, broadband or, or via a mobile phone and out into the internet and do it that way. Um, so that's, hopefully that's enough to give you a, a flavour of how it sounds anyway. I think that's about it then. I, I uh, hope you all enjoyed that and I didn't bore the parts of you. Why don't you, why don't you contribute something yourself? If you've got, uh, maybe you've got an amateur shack and you can go through um, like I did or some other interesting hobby. It must be something you can uh, you can contribute with. Okay, that that's it for this episode. Um, if you want to contact me, I can be contacted at mrx at hpr at Mail. Dot com. That's M-R-X A-T H-P-R The at symbol Googlemail.com So until next time Thank you and goodbye Listen Listen, 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 you will produce a show. 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 You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. 
Eka Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.